know, someone once asked me a question. Father, is it okay? Is it okay? Like, is it normal that I don't want to evangelize? And I really appreciated that question because it was an honest question. And perhaps it might be the way that some of us may feel. And while it's important to ask that question, because as many of us have heard already, the church exists to evangelize. The mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Even last week at the parish here, we announced uh, our pathway to discipleship model, right? In light of this mission of ours as a church. So what is the answer? What do we do if we don't want to evangelize? Well, the answer is very simple, the Holy Spirit. What do I mean? Let me explain. St. Pope Paul VI says this, it must be said that the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization. It is he who impels each individual to proclaim the gospel. And it is he who in the depths of consciences causes the word of salvation to be accepted and understood. In other words, the Holy Spirit we have received is the one who transforms our hearts and gives us the desire to evangelize. In fact, that love and desire that he gives us is so powerful, so strong, that we are impelled by that same love to evangelize. But perhaps this begs the question still, if in the sacraments of baptism and confirmation, I have received the Holy Spirit, why then do I still not feel like evangelizing? Why do I still not want to evangelize? That is the question I want to answer today. And the answer again, is quite simple. And in some ways, it is the same, but very different, in a, but different in a subtle way. And the answer is this. We have to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Let's unpack that. To start, we have to go back to when Jesus commissions his disciples to evangelize. Right before his ascension, he commands his disciples, go, make disciples of all nations. But then as soon as he says go, he says, but wait, wait until you are clothed with power from on high. See, it's kind of like that game of green light, red light. God says, go, but wait. He says, wait until you receive and are clothed with power from on high. St. Luke's uh, account of the same event found in Acts of the Apostles, uh, so the same thing, but we hear this. It says, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Again, Jesus commands his disciples to go and to wait for the promise of the Father, which Jesus himself says, you have heard of, of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. See, Jesus is quoting John the Baptist in our gospel today, who says that Jesus is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? You see, because before the word baptized was a Christian word, before it stood for the sacrament of baptism, it was an ordinary word. 
a word in daily use in Greek. And it simply meant to plunge into water, to drench, to immerse, to soak, to inundate with water. So when John was plunging people into the River Jordan and people called him John the Baptist, that meant John the Plunger. And this might sound a little funny, but that's how it sounded in their language. John, the guy who dunks people in water. So here, John the Baptist is plunging them in water as a sign of repentance and cleansing from sin. But this is only a sign, a preparation. For John says, the one who is coming after me is going to plunge you into the very spirit of God, immerse you into the very life of God. One thing I think that helps us visualize and understand the ancient meaning of that word to baptize comes from a recipe that has survived from the ancient world in Greek. And it's a recipe for making pickles. And this is what it says. You take the cucumber and you dip it into boiling water and then you baptize it in the vinegar. That is what the recipe says. It says you baptize it in the vinegar. Now, I've never made pickles before, but I am pretty sure that if you just put the cucumber into the vinegar and then take it out right away, you won't have a pickle, right? That means you have to keep, right? You have to keep the cucumber in there until it tastes like a pickle. So what is John the Baptist telling us? What is Jesus telling us when they say you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Not just that you will be dipped in and taken out again. You will be plunged and immersed in the Holy Spirit until you taste like the Holy Spirit. Until you are not the same anymore. Now, this is important. What happens next? What happens then when a person is immersed in the Holy Spirit in this way? Well, look to Jesus, who is our model. Jesus not because he needed to, but out of complete obedience to the Father and in complete humility, totally identifying with sinners, received the baptism of repentance by John. And something happened, something more happened, that when Jesus rose out of the waters, immediately the heavens were opened and the spirit like a dove rose, uh, descended upon Jesus. Jesus himself was baptized by the Holy Spirit. And Luke shows us that it was after that moment on, he says, Jesus began to minister in power. We see in the gospel there in Luke, it says, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And he went in the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee to heal and preach and deliver people from demons. Now, we know Jesus is the Son of God. And yet he chose to live as man totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. Jesus could have easily blasted the enemy when he was in the, uh, the, in the desert being tempted. He could have healed the sick and cast out demons by his own divine power being God. But in Jesus' human nature, he chose to do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you see, when we are immersed in the Holy Spirit, as our Lord chose to be according to his humanity we should expect to see the same power operating in our lives. And when we look to Pentecost, 
what do we see Peter doing after being immersed in the Spirit? Peter, appearing drunk, though not drunk but filled with the Holy Spirit, in great boldness proclaims the gospel message. He evangelizes, and his words convicts the hearts of his listeners. This is the same Peter who denied knowing who Jesus was three times before Jesus' crucifixion, who now not only boldly proclaims Christ Jesus, but even after receiving threats from the Jewish religious authorities to stop preaching in his name, Peter rejoices and prays for more boldness in the face of persecution. So you see, using the words of John the Baptist, Peter, having been baptized in the Holy Spirit, fully immersed in the Spirit of God, there's a newfound boldness and zeal to evangelize. And what about the appearance of drunkenness? It was the effects of experiencing a profound love of God. As St. Paul tells us in Romans, the love of God pours forth into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now, this same spirit given to the disciples at Pentecost is given to us through the sacraments of baptism and confirmation, which means we can live in the same way that Jesus did, the way the disciples did, in all boldness and power. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, a father of the church, alive during the fourth century, to use a baseball analogy, is a big hitter when it comes to his works in theology. And commentating on the event of Pentecost, and specifically commentating on the accusation leveled at the disciples that they were filled with new wine, he explained to a group of catechumens, those preparing to be initiated into the church, the following. They are not drunk in the way that you might think. They are indeed drunk, but with the sober intoxication which kills sin and gives life to the heart, and which is the opposite of physical drunkenness. Drunkenness makes a person forget what he knows. This kind instead brings understanding of things that were not formerly known. They are drunk insofar as they have drunk the wine of that mystical vine, which affirms, I am the vine, you are the branches. Saint Cyril evidently expects that the catechumens themselves will experience something like this at their own baptism. Therefore, just because we have not experienced something like this at our own baptism and confirmation, does not mean it's not intended for us to experience. We have to resist the temptation of bringing the word of God down to the level of our experience versus bringing our experience to what the word of God promises. Because the word of God is not just giving us ancient history. It's not giving us entertaining stories, but a framework a blueprint for our lives as Christians. Now, what are the signs that we have been immersed in the Holy Spirit? Now, there's what I've explained before, but there's so much more, which I can't get into detail and list completely, but I'll just list uh, right now, such as it's a profound experience of God's love that changes us to the core of our being. We know that we know that we are loved. 
there is a recognition and acknowledgement and knowledge of the lordship and majesty of Jesus. Which means a person immersed in the spirit in this way now no longer can be dominated by anything in this life. Neither by lust, nor by envy, nor by pride, nor by gossip, nor by fear. A person who receives the Holy Spirit in this way receives a power for holiness. Meaning, they have a victory over sin, over vices, and addictions that have plagued the person for many years. St. Paul says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. A person also receives a power for mission, where there is a boldness and a desire to evangelize and proclaim God's message with signs and wonders. Now, there's so much more, like an atmosphere of joy and even in the face of persecution, there's so much more that comes with the immersion of the Spirit. But we have to stop there and ask, how can we receive this greater immersion of the Spirit? Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. If we surrender our lives to Jesus and ask in expectant faith for more of the Holy Spirit, we will, be, we will begin to be plunged in the Spirit of God. So for those who want to experience the more that God has for your life, to experience what we are meant to experience, to release the graces from our baptism and confirmation and receive more of the Holy Spirit and awaken that desire to evangelize. I invite you to join me in a prayer asking for that right now. Now, for some of you as we pray, you will begin to feel something. It might be love, experience of peace, of joy. Perhaps even when you stand, you might feel a little wobbly in the legs. Do not be afraid of it. Why be afraid of love? And if you don't feel anything, do not think that the Holy Spirit isn't working, nor believe that this is all God has in store for you. Remember that a cucumber doesn't turn into a pickle in a minute, right? Surrendering and immersing yourself in the Holy Spirit can be a gentle process as well. And you will see your heart transform. And you will find in your heart growing and awakening that desire and want to evangelize. So if you're ready, let us begin that prayer. And I invite you to close your eyes and repeat after me. Jesus, I praise you and thank you for your love for me. I surrender my life to you and declare you as Lord and love of my life. Jesus, you teach your disciples. Ask and you shall receive. Today, Lord, right now, I ask for more of your Holy Spirit to receive the new wine of your love so that filled by your love, I may desire that others may experience it too. 